The 326th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You are a way to Worthy, Worthy 5, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebounded, May, it's over, Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gaggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today. Here to recap Hubert Davis's press conference ahead of tomorrow's game against the Duke Blue Devils. Um, as the head coach met with the media to talk about the all-important matchup as the greatest rivalry in sports is prepared to take center stage on Saturday night. So we're going to go through that press conference. I'll play you all the things that I thought were the most important things that he talked about. Give my thoughts on what he had to say. But before we get into his presser, we'll start every edition of the pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day. And we go to the GOAT, Michael Jordan. And with this being Duke Week and this being the pre Duke presser takeaways, the pod thought's going to stay around something anti Duke. And quote from Michael Jordan, simply put, and couldn't agree more. I've never liked anything from Duke. And, you know, I think we can all safely uh, say that we agree with that. There is a letter from, I believe it's Coach K, to to Michael Jordan that's in the Carolina Basketball Museum where uh, Coach K just simply told him that he wasn't good enough to come to Duke and they were going to quit recruiting him. And surely, as we or as you all know, Michael Jordan wins a national championship in North Carolina, was a part of maybe Coach Smith's best team to not make the Final Four in 1984 before going on to have uh, an illustrious NBA career where he solidified himself, at least in our opinion, as the greatest basketball player of all time. So um, can't agree with you more with you, Mike. And uh, we're all right now in, in you know, Duke hate mode as we're getting closer and closer to 
another installment of the rivalry. I did, though, leave um, the, the, the stats in to this edition of the podcast just in case maybe you didn't catch the preview edition of the pod, which, of course, you can go and check out on Apple or Spotify. Uh, Carolina leads the all-time series with Duke 114-117. to Carolina won the first-ever matchup back in 1920. This was before Duke had changed their name to Duke. At the time, they were known simply as Trinity College. The largest margin of victory for Carolina, it was 37 points all the way back in 1921. And for Duke, it was 35 points in 1964. In Chapel Hill, Carolina is a respectable 65 and 39, but just a modest 20 and 18 in the Smith Center, including having lost uh, the last two games, both under Hubert Davis. So with that, let's just go ahead and get to why we're here, which is uh, Hubert Davis's press conference ahead of tomorrow night's matchup with the Duke Blue Devils. But before we get to the Duke game, we'll start with him talking about what stood out on the film from the loss on Tuesday night at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's things on both ends of the floor. I think you know, from an offensive standpoint, um, just taking care of the basketball. Uh, you know, the last couple of games, you know, there's been the first half where we've had double-figure turnovers, and the second half we've taken care of the basketball. So um, I don't know how many practices we've had, but I would say over 90% of the practices, offensive emphasis of the day has been make the easy play limit turnovers. So we've got to do a better job at that. Um, I felt like our rim finishes got to be just better. You know, I feel like we've gotten to the rim, whether it's been in transition off of drives, offensive rebounds, just not finishing well. And so, you know, we're getting to the rim, but we've got to be stronger and, and better at finishing around the rim. And, you know, that's one of the few games all year that um, that we can shoot the ball well from the free throw line. And so, and then just defensively, you know, I always talk to you guys about, you know, my conversations with the team about, you know, the discipline and the details, um, just defensively in terms of, you know, uh, technique uh, on ball screens, box outs, talking on defense, um, contesting shots, uh, scouting report um, tendencies, and um, just the discipline and details. Those are things that need to be tightened up that um, consistently weren't tightened up in that game. But you just got to give credit to Georgia Tech for winning. I think the biggest thing more than anything, like, yes, the missed free throws, a problem. Can't go 9-17 and 17 on the road in this conference and expect to win. But there were a lot of plays at the rim for Carolina to make, and they didn't make them. Primarily, Harrison Ingram had a couple of plays that, for whatever reason, just did not make. And it was a, a really... Tough, tough thing to, to look, look at when you factor in that's how Carolina, when Carolina ultimately lost the game. I mean, there were three or four point-blank layups that he missed. Cormac Ryan missed a layup um, in transition. Armando Baycott missed some bunnies. So um, you got to imagine that was a point of emphasis, uh, was being strong, finishing in and at the rim because they'll have to make plays uh, tomorrow night if they hope to emerge victorious and also the turnovers. Carolina just simply is too sloppy with the ball in the first half, um, and, and that that can't be the case. Um, you know, you were able to overcome some turnover issues 
in other games this year on the road, but they came back to get you on Tuesday, and they can come back and get you at home as well if you don't protect the ball against a Duke team that, under John Shire, has been more bought in defensively um, than they were at times at the latter end of the Coach K era. Uh, He was also asked about during his press conference what stood out to him about Elliot Cadeau back during his recruitment. For Elliot, the thing that I, there's many things that I loved about him from the start. Um, his toughness, um, his commitment to winning, um, how he celebrates the success of his teammates even more than his success. Obviously, his passing ability and, and his ability to be able to get to the rim and finish, make others better. Um, he's always been about team, and that's something that um, I've always wanted in a player that 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 just naturally puts team first, and that's what Elliott does every day. Look, you know if Hubert Davis is, is, is recruiting a guard, there's got to be a high level of basketball like you. There's got to be some savvy. Ultimately, there's got to be some toughness. And we've seen all three of those traits uh, from Elliott during his freshman season so far here at Carolina. And he just feels like a natural fit. So much hype, so much expectation, so much anticipation upon him deciding to enroll early, reclassify, enjoy the team this season. And we learned the hard way the other night just how important he is uh, to this team's success. And um, if this team is ultimately going to win an ACC regular season championship, if they're going to go deep in the ACC and the NCAA tournaments, Elliot Cadeau is going to be a big reason why. And um, I think it's got to feel good for Hubert Davis that he was able to get his first point guard recruit correct. Because, um, you know, that's that's going to be the backbone of his program. We may play with multiple ball handlers and, and creators uh, at, at all times, but you still need to have a point guard, a guy that's a leader on and off the floor. That guy is supposed to be the extension of your head coach, and it's fair to say that Elliot Cadeau has been that, will continue to do that, and be a big part of this team's success as we make our way through the remainder of the season. Now let's get to why we're here, which is to to primarily talk about the Duke game and what makes this rivalry unique is that Hubert Davis played in in the game as a North Carolina player and John Shire played in the game as a Duke player, but of course not at the same time as Hubert is a good bit older than John Shire and Hubert was asked about his memories of playing in the rivalry. Um, just the same memories of, uh, of when I played Maryland, Virginia, um, Clemson, Florida State. Um, tough games, uh, competitive games. Um, played three times in the ACC final. Um, great matchups against you know, unbelievable talent, but have the same memories of playing against NC State and Chris Corciani and Roddy Monroe and Tom Gugliotta. <laughs> Look, I think we can all say we wanted Coach to maybe give a little bit more of a legitimate answer and not just compliment literally every other team he played against in the ACC. If, 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 if you're a fan 
that wants to know how much this game means to him, just watch his demeanor on the sidelines. You know, you remember last year at Cameron uh, where Pete Nance was fouled, but it wasn't cold. Hubert was was nearly teed up um, and was basically being restrained by coaches and players to not be teed up. We 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 got told upon him being hired that he's the nicest guy in the room, but when you step into you know, the the lines of competition, he's as fierce a competitor as you're going to find this game brings out his competitive side and you're going to see that on full display um, throughout the game tomorrow night Um, and it's different like Roy Williams was always intense in his own way when, when, when getting into this game but he never played in the game and you know, I think that's what we like about the rivalry and why we think it'll continue to remain healthy is both schools are being coached by former players that played at a high level at their respective schools and played at a high level in the rivalry so they know what it means, they know how important it is, and that message will be communicated to their respective teams. Well, speaking of uh, the the coach that'll be on the, the end of the bench for Duke, John Shire, who's done a you know, fantastic job stepping in for Coach K after the legendary Duke coach did retire. And look, him and Hubert Davis took over unique jobs where they were following Hall of Famers at two high-profile positions. And Hubert was asked if he's maybe developed a kinship with John Shire uh, in their in, in their short time coaching against one another. No, I, I do. I have tremendous respect for John Um I was a huge fan of his as a player when I worked for ESPN. You know, I mean, I just and he's continued that as as a head coach, um, his ability to, to coach, but to connect with the players and pull out the best out of them on the court. You know, you know, in the classroom, in the community, it's just uh, what he's done in his first two years is just absolutely fantastic. Um, in regards to conversation and and being able to. Um, spend time together to talk. You, you know, that's one of the things that I wish that us as coaches had time to do. We just don't have time to do that. And I just think it would be great where there was an environment where all of us can share stories and get to know each other and um, be able to spend time together. And uh, But both of us have three kids. His are younger than mine. And uh, but we, we got busy lives. <laughs> It's not easy to for me to say, and you probably don't want to hear it. Um, I've had a chance to interview John Shire twice uh, through WFNZ at ACC tip off, and he's as he's as nice a man as as you're gonna meet, um, and real down to earth, real respectful, and he's a he's a heck of a head coach. And I think what 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 separates this rivalry um, from other rivalries is that there's a respect factor that you don't see in Ohio State, Michigan in football, Auburn, Alabama in football, Kentucky, Louisville uh, in basketball. 
and that's okay. Um, you know, as as much as uh, you know, when when Coach K got into the league and he he talked about the double standard and he really hated and uh, was jealous of Coach Smith. They were as close of friends as they as two rivals could be um, by the time that Coach Smith stepped away, and even after he was done coaching, um, they both confided in and one another. Maybe not the same for Roy Williams and Coach K. Um, just for whatever reason, uh, by the time that you know Roy got to Carolina, was already established and was just looking to get a national championship to his ledger. But you know, even after they both retired, they've they've done some sit downs and they've done some one on ones, and, and you can tell that there's an appreciation for what each guy meant to their school, meant to their school, the sport, and the rivalry. And I think that's going to be the same thing for Hubert Davis and John Shire. Um, they're never going to be best friends. They're never going to be buddy-buddy, but there's going to be a mutual appreciation for the way that they run their programs, the success that they have, and I do think that um, they will confide in, in, in one another as the years grow long as they take this rivalry into its next uh, into its next chapter one thing that that duke's done a really good job so far this year is overcome the injuries of a mark mitchell of a tyrese proctor and and coach davis spoke about that when he met with the media on friday i I think you know they've always been a very good basketball team i mean injuries are, are always a part of basketball and i don't uh, with the exception of Indiana in 76 that went perfect, I, I, there's always bumps in the road. So, I mean, I just, <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, um, it's a very talented basketball team that obviously Filipowski, it, you know, his ability to be able to score around the basket, draw fouls, get to the free throw line and shoot from three, but also the spacing that they have. You know, I've got four guys shooting over 40% from three. And so um, they feel very confident and playing very well, but we feel confident also. I think it's it's why if you're a Carolina fan looking and hoping for John Shire to fail, it's just not going to be the case. Has this team lived up to the hype so far? No. Um, but they, they wake up inside the AP Top 10 and a game and a half out of first place in the ACC and, and everything, uh, all of their preseason goals are still in front of them. And, um, you know, their struggles were, yes, they were without their point guard in Tyrese Proctor and their dynamic wing and Mark Mitchell that really takes them to another level when he plays at a high level. So um, I think Coach Davis is very much aware of the challenge that this team is going to present on Saturday night, and he knows he has to have his team ready to play at a high level um, if they want to not only compete with Duke, but ultimately beat Duke uh, on Saturday afternoon. Lastly, you know, Carolina has their star player in R.J. Davis, who, if the season ended today, would hands down be the ACC Player of the Year. But Duke had the preseason ACC Player of the Year, that being Kyle Filipowski, who leads the team in scoring and rebounding, shooting 50% from the field, over 37% from three. And Hubert Davis was asked about how his game has evolved throughout this season. You know, just his ability on the offensive end as a five, 
is just very difficult because he can handle the basketball. He's almost he, he's a point guard. I mean, his his ability to be able to pass, he can get a rebound, advance the ball up the floor, and and make make plays. Um, um, anybody with that type of size, he's aggressive. He can draw fouls. He can shoot from three. He can post up. He can put the ball on the floor. So it's hard to get the ball out of his hands, hard to double him because he can catch the ball and attack in so many different areas. And then on the defensive end, he's just doing a really good job of, you know, he leads his team in, in blocks, but he's also doing a terrific job of defending without fouling. And so, um, you know, once again, he's one of the better players in the country and he's having a terrific season and he'll be a, a huge focal point for us on Saturday. Maybe not the dominant year that, that Kyle Filipowski was wanting to have or expected to have when he returned for his sophomore season, but um, it was coming off a solid game and the win over Virginia Tech over the weekend. Um, can stretch the floor, does a lot of different things, and kind of like when Armando Baycott plays at a high level for Carolina, when Philip when, when Filipowski is playing to his potential, you know, do do is as as arguably as tough a team to beat not just in the ACC but in all of college basketball. So Carolina's going to have their hands full. Um, you know, you're going to imagine that you'll see Armando on Filipowski. Jalen Washington will draw Filipowski as well. Don't be surprised if he see Jalen Withers take him on um, at certain points in the game to put a smaller defender, be able to get up inside his body and make life uh, hard for 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 flip. You got to make him work. You got to make him earn every bucket. We learned the hard way last year. He's capable of still beating you that way. But um, this is a guy that when he plays at a high level, he's just as good as any big in the country, including Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, or of course Armando Baycott. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two go to work inside. And whichever big gets the best of the better big, you would imagine that their team would emerge victorious. Well, that's a look at Hubert Davis's pre-Duke press conference. Before we wrap up this edition of the podcast, though, let's get in a quick word from our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Really hope you guys take full advantage of the Autograph Fandom Reward app. As I, as we mentioned in the read, have a chance to win exclusive tickets and merchandise. Uh, I know uh, some hardcore Michigan fans got to go to the Rose Bowl and the National Championship game through Autograph. So make sure you download that app, use that referral code, or that, that, that referral code Heel Tough, and put yourself in position to maybe see Carolina 
in Phoenix if the Tar Heels were to make the Final Four. Well, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, guys. Before we let you go, do encourage you, visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where you'll expect full preview of the Duke game, preview, recap, and a whole lot more um, as I continue to take you through the college basketball season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels and go to hell, Duke. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.